Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Dad. Happy holidays. We are. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Is it? Uh, <laughs> some days. It is. Some days. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I actually love the holidays. Yeah. I I love the hustle and bustle. Uh -huh. and, and I love the, I do love the shopping and, you know, even though I hate the drivers. I, I do love the shopping. We talked about that last week. Yeah, we did. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but I do. I, I like the shopping, and I like, kind of the meditation on finding the right gift for somebody, and right. And I like the music. Right. I don't like the music too early. The music <laughs> has to start after Thanksgiving. Right. You know. But, right. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of the whole? Uh, you know, hullabaloo around happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. What are your thoughts about that? You know, I'll say 10 years ago, it kind of bugged me. Okay. Because, you know, traditionally, I mean, it's Christmas. Right. Now, being where I am now spiritually and kind of just the place I am in my life, right. I, I, understand that it could be disrespectful to say Merry Christmas during the holidays when there's other people selling celebrating other holidays mm -hmm. and in other spiritual traditions and not necessarily Christianity right. so it doesn't really bother me you know it kind of it what bothers me is the people that it bothers <laughs> exactly <laughs> when they're screaming you know if somebody says happy holidays and they're like turning and going no merry christmas it just makes you just want to smack them because yeah, you know it it, it it they don't know when they say happy holidays to you that is to me so respectful because they don't know if you're celebrating Hanukkah, right. if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, mm -hmm. if you're celebrating Christmas, mm -hmm. if you're an atheist and you're not celebrating any of it, right. or if you've made a choice to separate yourself from the holidays because of trauma or because of sadness or right. because of because you don't have enough money or because you don't want to. I mean whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, so there's a thousand different yeah. ways to look at the holiday season right. and demanding your right to say Merry Christmas and have Merry Christmas being said to you, it just seems like it's really low on the priority well, list. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it really does seem like a petty thing to be yeah. all up in a Twitter about, you know? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you right. You know, and I don't know. You know, we kind of touched on this last time, too. There's, for me, I love the holidays, um, but for a lot of folks... The holidays are hard yeah. and people have lost loved ones during holidays. And so you get to holiday seasons and they have memories come up and there's all of that that happens for people. There's people who, who aren't, who don't talk to their children or don't talk to their parents. And so they're at holidays and they hear stories of families getting together and then it makes them sad. And it, there's just all kinds of stuff that honestly, you know, 
we all need to be sensitive about with other people, especially right. those that we know could possibly be having a hard time. And, right. you know, so, but for me, I love it. I, <laughs> I do. I like decorating my Christmas tree and I love all that. You yeah. know, I don't know. It just, I, I've always loved it. That's awesome. So. There's one friend that I have that uh, last year, you know, had an artificial Christmas tree. And, of course, it was beautiful, yada, yada. And she decided, you know what, after 2020 was such a hard year. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was just so much trauma associated with 2020. She decided that in 2021, she was going to celebrate she was going to find reasons to celebrate all year long. That's great. And so she kept her tree up and every single month changed the the decorations on it. Mm. So I, uh, she, on January 1st, she changed it to New Year's, you know, decorations. And she put in, like, she made it like a hope tree. So she put yeah, nice. decorations for things that she hoped for the Hopefully year. Hopefully she didn't have a gigantic tree because that would be <laughs> Like a like a small little tree, you could totally do well, that. Well, I think it's about a six foot tree. It's okay. like a traditional size kind of tree. It's mm-hmm. a lot of you know St. Patty's Day decorations. Well, but that's exactly <laughs> what she did in March, and in February it was Valentine's. Yeah. And you know those kinds of things are really easy to find, especially at Dollar Tree. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that kind you of. You can thing. even make things. You can even make, and she's very crafty, and she's very talented, that's, that's, and she made a lot that. of things. So St. Patrick's Day, you know, she did a spring mm-hmm. tree. She did Fourth of July tree she did and so throughout the entire year she has just celebrated um the 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 things that come with you know just life. living life yes, yeah. yeah and she's right. found reasons to celebrate every single month her thanksgiving tree was beautiful oh i you bet know, full of thanks all that. And and now, yeah and now she's totally into christmas and and the christmas decorations mm-hmm. you know have gone up i love and that and so i think that that's you know yeah. that was a, a great way to celebrate kind of all mm-hmm. year long and celebrate being you know 2020s behind us yeah and, yeah and now she would she found things to be that's appreciative a, that's of. a great idea yeah yeah, I, 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 I hear a lot. Um, so many people don't like Christmas music. Yeah. Like so many people just hate it. And it's like, I, I, I get, I get the thing about it not it being started too early. I do get that. But like, pe- there are people who just like hate it. <laughs> and it's like, but why? How, how can you hate, you know? I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> well, I think that you touched on, I, I think it's know. the oversaturation yeah. sometimes of Christmas music. Yeah. Um, and for some people, you know, it's kind of like church worship music. It's it's, well, there's, yeah. it's the simplicity of all those tunes. Frosty the Snowman and Ru- Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It's well, just, I, yeah, that's you know, not, these... Those, those two aren't necessarily <laughs> my favorites, but the kids like them. The kids do like them. And, I, and so it's just the same thing kind of with church worship tunes, which they, we call 7-Eleven tunes, where it's the same seven words played 11, 11 times. times yeah. yeah. And I think for some people, Christmas is kind that of like kind that. of thing. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just noise that's... You know, yeah. and well, I mean, it becomes earworms and people are like, get that out of my yeah. head. There are some, um, you know, there's all the classics and, you know, it's hard, I think, to find contemporary songs that are, you know, from new artists that yeah. are Christmas songs that, you know, are they going to become classics like Mariah like, Carey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, is there going to be a, you know, I mean, she probably hers. That one that she did, I don't want a lot for Christmas. Christmas. That, that'll become, 
like a classic, you know. It um, already has become a classic. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that woman doesn't have to work a day in her life, you know, no. for the rest of her life. Right. Because, because of that song, one song. That one song. But there are other artists that are, have come out with some really, really beautiful, um, more contemporary songs that I hope will withstand the years and become yeah. kind of the classics. Sarah Bareilles has one called Love is Christmas that is just really poignant lyrics and... Yeah. She's such a brilliant writer and she singer, is. and yeah, so as well. so anyway, just Christmas. I like well, it. And as a and as a singer too, you're always listening to yeah. stuff that's new and interesting, as opposed to yeah. and the old yeah. classic yeah. stuff. Yeah, and so you probably have a little bit a broader perspective right. on Christmas music than some of the rest of us. Yeah, there's there's some really really beautiful stuff out there, and some really cheesy things. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, if my husband were sitting here, he, he loves He would this. bring the cheese. He, he <laughs> loves this song called Merry Christmas from the Family by Robert Earl Keane. I have heard and a lot of that people, tune. A lot of people really, really love that song. Yeah, so he is if, the one that introduced us to that If you're not tune. familiar with it, go look it up. Merry Christmas from the Family, Robert Earl Keane. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So. Yeah, that's anyway. awesome. Yeah. Oh. So, do you have? Are you leaving town or doing anything fun for Christmas this actually, year? I mean, you went out actually, of town for Thanksgiving, yeah. but Christmas. No, we're staying here. Okay. Um, my sister and and her husband they are you know getting settled and getting moved in, so um, it'll be a combination of being probably at their home and ours, and we are going to do something kind of fun on Christmas Day in the evening. Mm-hmm. We're actually pulling together. We're trying to have an eat, I'll call it an event, where we get everybody together. So my mom's side, my dad's side, and get everybody in. Actually, maybe doing a little potluck thing here in the theater. Oh, my Because gosh. that's the only place that we could maybe get 20 people together if we could get them all to show up. So I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm hoping that people will want to come. And is some people from, like, your mom's side and... And your dad's side, have they not seen your mom and dad since they got divorced uh, well, you know, a million years ago? Or? They, they have. Um, and there's been... so for At you, weddings or funerals, yeah, maybe. Yeah, at wedding. Yeah. When, yeah. when John and I got married, um, they got together. But the thing... Oops, sorry, Liz, no, I just good. kicked you. The thing is, is that um, for many, many years, the families wouldn't have ever gotten together because there were issues. Right. Um since everyone has gotten older and everyone I think is in a, well, not, I don't think I know everyone's in a different space uh, in terms of just forgiveness and healing and just life is short and kind of living in that place, being in the present. Um, we've managed to get together. We got together when, when, um, John and I got married. Um, and it was really, really fun Mm -hmm. and it was really, really great. And it was like, Oh, we can do this, so yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna try to do that again at Christmas. You know, I heard someone say one time the definition of a son-in-law is a man who will never be good enough for your daughter, uh. but who is the father of the most perfect grandchildren ever born on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so I think that that's what's important to remember when we have these families that are yeah. so hung up on all the damage and yeah. all the, you know, the bad stuff. Because if it wasn't for the fact that those people had come together in the first place. None of us there, would be here. None of us would be here. Right. Yeah. My mom and dad were only married about 15 years when they got divorced. But, you know, there's there's five kids uh, total. Yeah. Uh, in that family and you know that's those those are that's important and now there's all these grandkids and there's all these you know and so and great grandkids my mother has great grandchildren as well and um you know those are those are the things to remember because this these two very imperfect people came together right and you know made a family that's exactly and even though it didn't last it's still a family it's still a family it's still a family yeah Yeah. well i mean it's like greg and i we we talk about that and you know i mean i I guess in the in the traditional sense you know you look at it you know when there's a divorce well then the, the marriage failed um and i guess you know technically it did yeah yeah but we don't look at it that way. We don't look at it that our marriage failed. Right. We look at it that our lives changed and shifted, but we're still practically best friends and we are best friends and right. we don't we don't look at it like anything has failed. Right. And so um I and I think I think in the big picture of what's happening in my family now with on my dad's side and my mom's side, I feel like that's kind of happened there as well you know people are people people change people people are young when they make you know we were talking about this in in our class last night you know people make decisions and if a lot of times we're just we're too young to make correct decisions that are going to be lifelong I mean how do you how do you when you're 18 and 16 know how to pick a partner for life right. <laughs> you don't and stand up and say till death do us part I mean, it and just, you're like yes of course i love you so much like forever yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. and then really death is yeah. a long ways forever away. is a long, a long damn time, time. <laughs> so and really how can you look at anything as a failure that that you have learned something from that's right. or that you have that's gained. Right. That's you know? right. How can that be a failure? It's, it's, and it's not. No, you've learned lessons. You've learned uh, um, you know, all kinds of things mm-hmm. like kindness and patience and acceptance. Yep. And, you know, these are life lessons that if it hadn't been for a failed, right, quote unquote, marriage, you right. might not have ever learned those. That's, that is correct. You know, or at least not in that way. Yeah. And it, it increases empathy for other people going through the same thing. Exactly. You know, so I, it's, It'll be interesting. I, I really hope it happens. You know, I mean, yeah. if not enough people RSVP and say they can show up, then we can probably not do it here and we'll figure out something else to do. But right now, if everybody came, there would be like 20 people. and We'd have to be. What a great idea. You know, um, a, a few years ago, my husband's grandmother died and she lived a very long life. She was 98, 99. And somebody was like, you're going to be 100. You know, what do you think? And she goes, I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 100. I don't want to live to be 100. She just kept saying, you know, my my husband bought her a sweatshirt once uh, from um, what's the movie you'll know as soon as I say, but it says, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Somebody's out there screaming, going, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, that was, so she wore that, like, every holiday she wore a sweatshirt that said, I'm not dead yet. Um, But 
uh, at her funeral, which was at my in-law's house, uh, uh, my father-in-law, which is her son, his first wife came, who's my husband's father. Her se- his second wife came, who's the mother of okay. um, her his other two daughters. Um, I think I said my mother-in-law was uh, my husband's father. No, she's my husband's mother. And then, um, <laughs> and then the second wife, who had his two daughters, and then the third wife, to whom he's been married now for about thirty years. So all three women were there. And they took a picture together with him and all three women. Well, that's and cute. Right. <laughs> um, there's a Christmas card for you. There's a Christmas card for you. And, you know, I think that that was, it, it's just a reminder of, you know, this family was built. It's just like when you build a house, you have a plumber come in mm-hmm. and you have a, you know, you have a contractor that's mm-hmm. hiring everybody yeah. and you've got a plumber and you've got a sheetrock guy an electrician. and you've got an electrician mm-hmm. and you've got somebody who paints and somebody who does the roof. And there's all these people that have come together to build what will hopefully be a home. Right. And, you know, I think the same is true about families. There's yeah. all these people who've come together to help you build your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would love if my ex-husband could think of me as as somebody who you know helped him to build a family right. i'm the mother of his, his his son his his only son that we know of um <laughs> he does have a daughter as well but i am the <laughs> mother of. of his son and you know he left when my baby my son was only 6 months old and then we got divorced cuz he was addicted to drugs and he was abusive and it was it was an awful awful time right so we got divorced. I married my now husband. We had two more children. He adopted my son, and we've built a family. Right. But if it wasn't for that ex-husband, my oldest son would not be here. Would not be a part of the family. I he he's the one that made me a mom. Right. You know? Right. And when the opportunity came for him to reconnect with his son and to reconnect with me, he blew it. Mm-hmm. And that's too bad. Yeah, it is because. You know, this is, he is an integral part of my family. That's right. That's right. You know, and and whether he wants to be a part of that or not is kind of his choice, but it's too bad. I I hear more and more stories about people who have, you know, reconciled their, with their spouses that they've been divorced from and stuff. You know, I do hear about it. I mean, and, and then I also hear the people that when I tell them, you know, like, for example, at the Simon and Garfunkel show the other night, um, my ex-husband Greg was there and John was there and my sister and her husband and they were all sitting there together, you know, and my sister was like, Debbie, I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. And I said, it's really a good thing. And she goes, it is. It's really a good thing. You know? Yeah. Well, and how special for Greg to not be, you know, ostracized by your sister and her husband because he was their brother-in-law for 25 years or however long you guys were married. And that was important. But I, you know, I think it it just seems kind of odd, you know, when, when there are people that have managed to have healing and reconciliation and we can be friends. It you know? does feel like that's the minority, yeah. you know, yeah. as opposed to... Most people don't don't talk, and there is a lot of animosity still, and they can't get past this or that, and, you know, yeah. and I understand yeah. that, too. 
I, you know, I, I, I get it. So, well, yeah, I I mean, I get that too. Mm -hmm. I get it, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big offender of, you know, not wanting to be around people who have caused me great pain. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I cannot do it. And maybe if there was, if there was apologies, you know, I know everybody says, you know, forgiveness is what you do for yourself. Right. And I can definitely forgive, but that doesn't mean I have to have you in relationship. and, and and in order to be in relationship yeah. with you, it, it takes more than forgiveness. It takes you saying, you know what, I'm not going to yeah. to, to hurt you yeah. I- anymore or I'm going to attempt to not hurt you right. and you know. I think I think in the case of Greg and I, I think we both knew and know that we both hurt each other. Mm-hmm. I think I have had and I, I don't think I have, I know I have. I have a handful of friendships that I can honestly tell you I don't know what I did. Right. You know, right. and I, I don't I don't understand. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what went awry. I don't you know, and yeah. so um those situations are trickier. In the case of Greg and I and our and our marriage, we both come to the table knowing that we were we both know what we did. We both know where we fell short and we've been able to talk about it. And I think that's why, you know, it's not like, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, Greg left. I mean, he didn't, that's not right. how that happened. Right, I'm just right, using right. that as yeah. an example. And I don't know why. Right, right, right. You, you, you know, I yeah, mean, it, it was very clear. It was very clear. It was, things were ending. Yeah. And so, I think because of that, it made it easier for us to then come back together as friends. Well, Does and that I think sense? it absolutely makes sense. And I also think that you have have set the bar for how you want the rest of your family to react to Greg. So your sister and her husband, even though they haven't lived here now for years and yeah. years, and they're so here. they really, I know, they're living here, but they <laughs> haven't been around Greg. Yeah. Yeah. much since you guys were married Absolutely because they not. don't live here right you know so there's no reason to right. be around Greg right and so this was probably one of the first times that they actually it, were it, together I think it was actually wow. since the divorce I That's... think I think it was wow so so <clears throat> but see you set the bar for them because you could have just said my ex-husband's gonna be here he's an ass but if you guys would just try yeah. to be nice that would be good but it was more Greg's gonna come exactly and, and you guys get to see him yeah, yeah. you get to sit together yeah <laughs> and so you have set that you have set the example and mm-hmm. and set the bar for how everybody should react to, to them and I think that you know I think that that's an important thing to remember mm-hmm. because I have kind of a broken relationship with some family members but the reason, I don't know what I did yeah. in many cases, yeah, I, I, I have. but I do know that there's other family members who have stirred the pot mm-hmm. and have made people feel a certain way about me, mm-hmm. um, have told people certain things about me right. that may or may not be true, but was not their, their tale to tell. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And so that has caused some brokenness. So if we want other people, why can't you all just love each other? I remember seeing an episode of um, of 
the the two man Taylor show. Uh, oh yeah, was, Tim, Tim, uh, Home Improvement. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tim so Patrol. Home Improvement. And so I remember the mom one time just coming in and the uh, boys and Tim they're all fighting with each other, and she just looks at them and said, "I just want you guys to love each other, you idiots." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's. That's me. I just want you to love each other, you why stupid people. Why, why can't, can't you just, just yeah. get along? Yeah. Even though we're all so dumb and crazy and stupid and, and say dumb mm-hmm. and stupid things. Why can't we all just get why along? Why can't we just all get along? And I think that that sometimes family take their cues off of other family members, mm-hmm. especially if they want to be in relationship with that family member, yeah, yeah. you know, then they know that they have to choose a side. I mean, how much have we seen that like in churches oh. and in, in politics and all of it is like choose a side mm-hmm. and be loyal to that side. Yeah. Well, why? Why can't we be in relationship? Right. Um, well, you see that in divorce a lot. You really yeah. do where the husband and wife split and, and there's well, loyalties. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm not going to talk to her anymore because I was friends with him. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's a tricky, it's tricky. It's, you know, it's so, it's so complicated. Human beings are so complicated. (laughs) What? (laughs) Why do we have, (laughs) makes me think of the end of the movie, um, um, Miss Congeniality and Sandra Bullock. She's all, I really do want world peace. Remember right? that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I really do want world peace. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> so we teased each other. We we teased um, our audience a little bit in the last podcast about, and a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about someone finding someone with whom we disagreed and mm-hmm. sort of having a conversation. So we teased somebody that yes. you actually had an opportunity. I did. But before you get to that, mm-hmm. I want to share a really quick story because I think it's because it is so beautiful and I have cried. I've watched this video now 10 or 20 times and I cry every single time I see it. Okay. And it involves my husband. Oh, I saw that. I know. And so so let me just give a little so he's a drummer. He's a he's a very good drummer. He's he's played on a number of of recorded projects. He's played in a number of bands. He plays for church, and he's a he's a he's not at all um, prideful or arrogant. He's not a I'm the drummer and I'm going to be in the spotlight kind of guy. He is a he is a team player Mm -hmm. and he can play for the song he can play for the room he can play for the group you know he he just is a respectful player right so he also continues even at age 60 he continues to take drum lessons and so he has an online drum community and they do these online lessons and so um a few years ago he went to drum camp with his drum teacher um, whose name is, I think I can say his name is Mike Johnston because it's out there in the in the universe. So I will share his name. His name is Mike Johnston. And he's got this great online drum community. Okay. Does lessons, etc. So Tom went to drum camp with uh, Mike Johnston a few years ago. I think it was 2018, maybe 2018. Okay. And so it's, a, it's an intensive five-day camp um, with about six or eight other drummers. And they, every single day, they have, you know, they, they have 
lessons that they're supposed to be practicing in the evening and then they come back together right. and they it's just a very intensive time right and they get a chance to play for one another and um, learn from one another okay so he went to that camp had a great time so and it was very good for him to learn new techniques and you know he's just he's continuing to learn even at his age which is yeah amazing. I love and, I love that yeah so he decided to go to drum camp again two years later, which was in 2020. And so it's it's very expensive. It's not cheap. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that you kind of save your pennies for. Gotcha. And as a musician, he's like storing up all these uh, the money he makes playing gigs to so go. that he can go to drum camp. So he makes the plans to go 2020. Well, we all know what 2020 was like. And so it got postponed to 2021. And... And was made even smaller, so I think there were six guys that went in 2021, um, which was just in October. He went to drum camp now. So think about, so as I think about all the things that kind of had to align for this event to happen, it's kind of beautiful. Because he could have gone in 2020, he could have not gone in 2021, and then all this beautiful event that I'm going to, that I'm Mm -hmm. leading to would not have happened. But he went and there is a 1965 Gretsch drum kit that the teacher had that he's in love with, that the whole world is aware of because he does his drum lessons on this kit. He, um, you know, he talks about this kit. He has a podcast. He talks about it on the podcast. He, as if it's a living, breathing. As if it's a living, breathing thing. And of course, he's, you know, he's a very successful drum teacher and a musician himself. So he has multiple drum kits and, you know, pieces Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But this was very special, and it's Blue Sparkle. And so um, at drum camp, so fast forward, now he had this, Tom had this amazing week, played on this amazing kit, and, you know, came home. And uh, Mike Johnston and another guy from England were going to come do a drum uh, clinic here at Bentley's Drum mm-hmm. Shop here in town, which is a world, again, yep. a world-renowned uh, world, yep. Um, yep. drum shop. And Dana Bentley is a phenomenal man who, again, humbly runs this mm-hmm. world-renowned business. Mm-hmm. So they did this drum camp, I mean this uh, clinic, and Mike brought his Sparkle Blue kit to play on. And at the end of the session... He asked Tom to come up and play a song that Tom had played at camp. Camp, and Tom's like, "They didn't. They didn't come to hear me, you know. But if if you want me to play, I guess I'll play, you know." And he he said, "I just want you guys to hear somebody who has fun, you know, when he plays and and commands the kit and that kind of thing." And he said such nice things about Tom. And um, at the end. After it's all done, Mike starts crying and he kind of walks away and he turns his back and he kind of gets control of himself and he starts crying. And um, then he turns to my husband and he says, this kid is yours. And I have watched that video so many times and I watch as Mike gets emotional. I watch as Tom just, his head just drops. He just, he cannot believe that this has happened. And he walks up to him and he hugs him. And I, I was in a rehearsal on one of the final tech rehearsals for Merry Christmas, George Bailey, the play that I'm presently doing. And so there came a break in my rehearsal. And I get this text from Tom that says, Mike just gave me his kit. And he's like, 
WTF. Yeah. And so I'm so now I'm crying in rehearsal. I'm crying. Right. And I don't even I haven't even seen the video at that point. I don't even know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so somebody there had taken a video and so Tom had gotten one right away. Um, and so I got to watch it right away that night. And listen, I hate blue. We've talked about this before. I don't have anything blue in my house. And now I have a blue sparkle drum kit coming into my house. Um, but he, um, but, but since then, Mike Johnston has posted numerous videos on his Instagram account and has talked about it and has talked about why he gave this kit away to this particular person. Um, and, you know, just talked, uh, just gave such glowing uh, love to, to his students, yeah. his student, my husband. Yeah, yeah. And Tom has gotten, has gotten, now he's got Instagram followers that he's like, now I have to put up good content, you know, <laughs> um, which it's mostly drum content and our grandson. That's mostly his, yeah. uh, his Instagram. But, you know, it just, uh, now he's got these drummers from all over the world who are now, know who he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, it just made me think about who he is, who my husband is as a person. Mm -hmm. He's just somebody who who um, lifts other people up, who is a team player, mm -hmm. um, who goes to drum camp and doesn't try to shine. He he encourages other drummers. Uh, he practices regularly, you know, every day, even during the pandemic. I mean, he not every day, not every day. That's an exaggeration. But there are times when he does practice yeah, sure, every single day. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure, but I get that. He has he has never not um, connected with his craft and respected his craft mm -hmm. and and tried to become better. Right, right. You know, and that was rewarded yeah. when he was given this 1965 Sparkle Blue Gretsch drum kit. Wow. And you know, every time he sits down on it, he's like, "Who played this? What gigs? You know, what what?" what star maybe stood out in front of this kit mm -hmm. while whoever was playing behind it. You yeah. Know? And it's just got so much history and so much does, story. Does the owner who, who Mike, Mike, does he know any of the stories or history no, of the there's, kit? There's a lot of, you know, some, but there's a lot of, you know, he himself wasn't born until 1975 yeah. or 1973 yeah, yeah. or something. So there's maybe a lot about it that, that nobody no, knows, yeah, you know, that's yeah. just kind of been lost to time. Yeah. And so he, you know, he made sure that he gave it to somebody who would respect it and love it. And there's a lot of things that had to converge. You know, he didn't want to ship it because he didn't. There were people from all over the world who offered to buy this kit from wow. him. And he didn't want to ship it because he didn't want it to get damaged. Yeah. And so um, he brought it to the clinic. So he brought it to the clinic. Tom was at the clinic, you know. So there's a lot of things that converged. You know, Tom could have gone, there could have been a drum clinic and um, a drum camp in 2020 had it not been, you know, for sure, the sure. Uh, pandemic. And and then whoever was at drum camps in 2021, it might have gone to somebody completely wow. different. Wow. And so it just but it's a life well lived, mm -hmm. you know. My husband is not perfect. He's human. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine that being married to men who are imperfect. <laughs> really? Um, uh, he's human, but he's. It, I think that this is uh, this is a a gift mm -hmm. to someone who 
has proven yeah. that he's worthy in mm-hmm. so many ways. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a beautiful thing. And as we as we move forward towards at Christmas and we're giving gifts, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to remember that everybody I'm buying a gift for is worthy mm-hmm. of something of not just a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. But something that is meaningful to them. Right. And knowing them and honoring them is something that I, I want to do mm-hmm. uh, this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, when I was younger, I always, um, I did for years. I mean, and I still do it to a point, but I would always try to figure out something that I could make. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I kind of had this thing that I just, I wanted to make things for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we get older... For me, especially the last however many years, my time is, you know, kind of nutty. But I still do try to manage to, I I really do try to make it like a meditation, you know, about the person and what will that person enjoy. But that's a a beautiful story, Liz. And I did watch it. Yeah. Because you said, watch it till the end. Watch it till the end. Watch it till the end. Wait for it. Or whatever you said. (laughs) Yeah, it was so yeah, it was so great. And he played this tune that even that Mike had never heard before. And it, it was funny because um, he, he played it by a band. He's from England. It's a song from England. And um, Biffy Clyro is the name of the band. And uh, so he played this tune. And it, when he first played it in 2018, I think when he first went to camp, it, Mike had never heard this song, and then he played it. He asked him at the last camp to play it again. Okay. So he did, and just in October, and then he played it again the other night. But um, the 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 guy, the other drum teacher who had come to this clinic with him and uh, was in town, was from England and knows Biffy Clyro. Okay. And is friends with them. Okay. So it just. It was just all this beautiful convergence of all these people whose walks of life all just kind of converged. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fabulous. And right. to see the the people who are sending my husband good wishes and saying congratulations. Mm-hmm. So glad you got the kit. Man, you deserve it. You know, all of yeah. his other clinic buddies have been so supportive. You know, where do you find people that aren't jealous? Yeah. I admitted last week that I'm jealous of a family member who's getting a new house because yeah. I want a new kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You and, know? and I want a new closet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, so we had talked about connecting with somebody who had different views. Yeah. And I want to hear your story. So is there... Well, I'll keep it short okay. because I don't want to mention names or anything like that. But um, um, ended up in a conversation. Well, let me just backtrack with what what you're talking about and we did we talked about that a couple podcasts ago let's try to connect with somebody that we know that we disagree with and see if we couldn't have some kind of cool conversation so that instead of just saying on facebook you're wrong yeah we could actually understand where they were coming from. exactly so the other thing is is that i'm taking this class which you unfortunately weren't able to be a part of so taking this class that is having to do with deconstruction in terms of religious affiliations and things and beliefs and, you know, and at the beginning of that class, um, the instructor said, you know, what do you want to get out of this class? And we went around the room and I said, well, I would like to get to a place where when I find myself in a conversation with somebody who I disagree with or whatever, but I love, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I want to be able to have 
the words and the confidence even more to be able to speak what I know I believe in a concrete, concise way that makes sense, that doesn't sound like me going, well, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, right. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, I, I, I find myself in that position a lot where I just don't feel like I have the words. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have the, the facts to back it up or whatever. Right, right. So that was and is my goal. Um, you know, of this class. And so it kind of coincided with us talking about connecting with someone who we don't believe in or who we disagree with. So I don't know, three weeks ago or so, um, I had this conversation with a, a person who we both know and, and, and his wife and they were on speakerphone and, and we were discussing, um, events of late politically and about the pandemic and different things. And, um, I, it was like this thing fell on me. Mm. I felt like a, I don't know what you would even call it. Just like a, a shroud of confidence mm -hmm. came over me mm -hmm. and I listened to, to the person talking and I, I really did try to listen, Yeah, you know, instead of just. And I really did try to listen. And, and not just think about what you were going to say next. Yeah, yeah, listen. yeah, yeah. And and in that, and this, like I said, this kind of shroud of confidence. And again, it, it wasn't about me being right or anything. It was more about me being able to say what I think mm -hmm. and not feel defensive right. in saying what I think. And I was able to communicate what I think without being defensive. And you know what? The, well, what about this? Well, what about, you know, there, there was none of that. It was like, there was more silence on the other side of the phone of like, oh, I mean, it, it so it, what I'm trying to say is there wasn't an argument. Mm -hmm. Now, do I know if anything I said got through or changed anybody's opinions? I don't know. But I know that I was able to speak my truth mm -hmm. in confidence and I felt self-assured. Mm -hmm. I felt like I felt like I had the words and and I was articulate and I wasn't saying, um, uh, uh. <laughs> I know, I know, you know? I, I know, and and I feel like we had like a really good conversation that wasn't argumentative, that wasn't didn't feel and at the end he was like well you guys need to come over some night mm. so I felt like it was for me just a personal victory of just being able to speak confidently about who I am and what I believe in the way that I see things and mm -hmm. just because it's different than that person again I don't have to be right right um I don't, I don't have to be right. Last week I, I shared a little thing about, you know, deciding that I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be right. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But I can speak what I believe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily make it right, mm -hmm. you know? And there was a peace that happened mm -hmm. in this conversation and it was, it was lovely. Aww. And, and I felt like, yes, I, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was just, it felt like a little growth moment for me. Yeah. I had, um, I had put 
something on Facebook the other day asking, um, reminding people that, you know, we all come from these different places. Mm -hmm. And I had, I said on there, I said, I understand why people believe what they believe because I was them. I was in that Mm -hmm. world. And so specifically, like one of the things that I think it's very, very uh, volatile is the whole idea of of the stolen election, quote unquote, and the fraudulent votes and that kind of a thing. And, you know, on the one side, there's, well, there's no other way to, to explain it. You know, of course, of course they were stolen. And then there's on the other side, it's like, well, you know, we live in America. There's, there's no, there's no history of fraudulent voting and there's, they have not been able to legally tie anything, prove it. But for whatever reason, there's these very strong beliefs. And so the way I see things, not about that, but about why people see things the way they are is because as an evangelical Christian, who's deeply, deeply rooted in that world, and you believe in prophets mm-hmm. and the gift of prophecy, and you believe in God speaking through other people, there were tons and tons of prophets who prophesied Donald Trump's re-election. Yep. So if you, so now you have to believe one of two things. You have to either believe that those prophets were false. Or they had it wrong. Well, they had it wrong. <laughs> they had it way wrong. But but a prophet who's wrong is a false yeah. prophet because yeah. if you're yeah. of God, you're not going to have it wrong. Right. So either they're a false prophet or there was vote fraud, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. G- giving up your trust and faith in the gift of prophecy is a very hard, hard thing to give up. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's very hard, especially if you yourself believe that you have the gift of prophecy. Right. You know what I mean? I do. Because you don't want... So I know that that... It, it just... I just really have compassion for those people. But on the other hand, if you believe in the Bible, the Bible says that there will be false prophets. Mm-hmm. You know? So why not just say, look at all the false prophets. This means the Bible's true. Well, <laughs> why, why not we, make that leap? In our little <laughs> you know? class that we were taking last night, we talked about this very thing and and our instructor showed us very specific places and the historical context behind certain events and where prophets had it wrong yeah and that the christians had it wrong they they had it wrong right and you know there's this whole whole group of people that just part of my french are hell bent that every single word in that book you know, is, is gospel truth, gospel truth. And, and okay, maybe it is there. They had it wrong. And in our, um, generation now and what's happening in the world now, you know, it's my belief that the Christians have it wrong. Some of the, some of the teachings and some of the things that they're out, you know, just, you know, thumping, thumping. yeah, yeah. It, it's it's wrong, right? And it has nothing to do with anything about Jesus or, oh, yeah. just don't get me started. It's just, you know, I know, and and the and the deconstruction process is, um, I think, I think opens up, you know, it, it 
people look at it as negative that you know you're deconstructing from your you're throwing away all your beliefs. I mean, I have an aunt who's just so angry about the fact that we've walked away, you know. <laughs> right. But here's the thing is you know, we've opened our hearts and minds to other um to other experiences to other beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like satanic panic kinds of things. I'm talking <laughs> about panic. I'm talking about just saying, gosh, what if I what if I do have it wrong there? Yeah. You know, what what would it look like if, if this over here was right? That, let me just let me just kind of walk in that for a little bit. We we talked about this a lot last night. And um, and you know, and and people who are just so certain the mm -hmm. people who think that they, those are the people that are not trustworthy. If you're so sure, you're so certain, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that again, the, that group of the right wing evangelical, they're so certain. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not, it's not trustworthy right. to, to be so certain like that. Right. How nobody can be so certain, you know, Anyway, there's there's so many things we could talk about yeah, about this. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, we're coming into a new year mm -hmm. and um, there's going to be a lot of important things to talk about as we come into 2022. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of hope, you know, for 2022. And yeah. Um, and as we get closer to the Christmas season, I want us I think what I want for this season um, is gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I want gratitude for the mistakes that have been made, gratitude for the new relationships that have been forged, gratitude for the relationships that I've lost, not because they, not because of the loss, but because of what they taught me, yeah. whether they taught me, you know, what I don't want yeah. in life or in the world, or whether they, you know, taught me um, uh, 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 recipes that I still use. I've got a recipe that I still use from this one friend who years ago cut me off Facebook because I'm, you know, cut me out of her life right. because I'm whatever. But I still have a recipe and I still love the recipe. Well, and you can, you, you know what I mean? And, and you can say nice things and think nice thoughts about that person as you're cooking. Yeah. And about the, and about the time that we spent together and about mm -hmm. when we, she was my roommate and how we, the things I taught her to cook and the things she taught me to cook, mm -hmm. you know, and that those were important times. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to be, I want to be somebody who has a little bit more gratitude. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. I, I can. <laughs> Debbie's I'm, sending me notes I'm about notes. The, the battery life yeah, of the yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? We've been talking for about 50 minutes. It is time yeah, to Yeah, we're, to we're at the, yeah. We're, we're at the, the end. end. But um, but let's have gratitude and, you know. Gratitude and, is and beautiful. And I think that as we get through this season, again, we're facing our second year in a row mm -hmm. of living through this pandemic, second yeah. holiday season in this pandemic, second holiday season of maybe having people missing from our tables mm -hmm. because of death yep, or because of separation. Yeah. Because they don't love us anymore. Right. Or they can't be around us anymore. Right. Or because of so much hatred. Um, as we enter into this, this next, this second holiday season in such upheaval. Right. Um, let's just try to focus on gratitude and the things we are grateful for. Yeah. And um, think about peace. Peace. Keep keeping peace. Keeping the peace. Standing in truth. But keep. But shrouded in peace. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I like that. Yeah. 
All right. All right. Now I am getting a message. Low Low battery. battery. Hey, if you want to check in with us, uh, send us an email at wedancewithskeletons at gmail.com. And we would love to connect with you. We would. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We, We love you. Thanks. Bye.